We are not children of the state. The state is our employee. And we need to remember when it comes down to whether it's having the right to vaccinate your children, whether having whatever, you have the ability to opt out and we need more people to stand up to these people. I'm furious about what they've done to Judith. And just, just remind you guys, there is no one coming on a great white horse in D.C. to save you. We the people, it is you have a God-given responsibility to protect your children, to protect yourself, to protect your family and your and your neighborhoods from tyranny at whatever that looks like. And I just ask, please start sending up, send a letter. If every single one watching this would send a letter to your state rep and say, we want Judy Roner's bill put on the floor and we want it passed. I'm going to tell you, you have good, you have some good reps who, who will stand up and do that. You're going to have some that are going to fight you because they know darn well that they're owned by some of these companies that want the data. But if we can get enough of the good ones to stand with us and get this bill passed, that would be huge. It would shut down. It would throw a cog in the World Economic Forum and the cog in, the, in, the, in their digital ID. It would throw a cog in everything they want to do because everything they want to do with digital dollar is tied to them owning your data. And a and surveillance if, state. And too. a surveillance state. They, none of it works with this bill. So if, if there is one bill, if there is one bill in the entire legislative session that I think matters more than anything else, it is this. And I'll tell you right now, it's not even a real bill yet, even though Judy's trying to get it pushed, because again, they are going to try to stop it from getting on getting the floor. So you have a God-given responsibility. Your kids are going to ask, how did we end up in this tyr tyrannical state? How did it all happen? What we? And you're going to have a choice to say, you know what, I, I did my part. I called my rep, I wrote my rep, I shared the information, I did my job. And that's all God can ask. It's all, you know, and that's, and that's all that matters. So please share this with your friends. This is no theory. This is not a right versus left. This is about the state versus the people. And when the state gets out of control, we as, as whether, I don't care what party we're in, we've got to stand up and rein it in. And welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston, and again with my beautiful co-host and bride, Alexia. How you doing, beautiful? I am doing excellent. What do we got? What are we talking about today? Oh, more fun surveillance state and privacy, all the good stuff that everyone needs to know about, honestly. Yeah, so everything we're doing as we move to this fourth industrial revolution, which apparently Utah is going to be the birthplace of, and they're setting up the framework one of the things that's crucial to it all is is private well having access to our information and uh one of the things that uh, alexia and i talked about particularly alexia when we were in epoch times was the technocratic authoritarian government the rise of that and in order for them to, to implement that you they have to have data so today we're going to be talking about what's happening in utah and it's not just what's happening here, but it's also the timing of it. What we really rushed to bring this show together because it's something that your your reps are voting on in Utah for right now in, in the Utah legislative session. So before we get started, please make sure you're following us on all our socials. Uh, it's just simple. We are the people UT. We are back on YouTube. We had to start a brand new channel with pretty much zero followers. We lost everything. So please, even if you're on Rumble, stay on Rumble, but, but please subscribe on uh, YouTube and help us rebuild that because... It just has a bigger reach, and we need to get that reach back up so that we can, just so we can do damage to these people who are trying to take this, take away our, our freedoms. Absolutely. And uh, last, please, if if you are a GC, a general contractor, construction, roofing, um, 
go to uvoagency.com. They're, they're one of the ones that sponsor us, and they, they are incredible about lead generation. So if, if you have, if you're a general contractor and you're looking to get leads, um, go to uvoagency.com. It is the team that does this. They're patriots. Obviously, they're supporting us. And I will tell you this. When we got hacked, um, they, we film actually out of their studio, and uh, they, they actually tried to hack in on them too. So please uh, support these guys. Support the people who support freedom. With that being said, you want to introduce some incredible guests? Oh, yes. These bios will blow your mind, too. So we, we have, got some bosses. Yes, we have two authorities, uh, really, in the privacy sector. Uh, the first, and, and hold on to your hats because these are some pretty impressive bios, Ron Mortensen, or Dr. Ron Mortensen, uh, a Ph.D. in political science uh, from U of U, Vietnam-era veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Career U.S. diplomat. 15 years experience with running uh, U.S. government humanitarian efforts and assistance programs, including conflict responses in Iraq. Uh, he's also worked for over a decade to protect our personal information from being shared and sold by uh, the state of Utah. So thank you for that. And, and that is what we're going to be talking about today is privacy and why it matters right now. Uh, additionally, can, can we hit on this real quick? Um, Yes, on Ron because we were invited to go to a, a meeting where they're actually putting legislation together to, to protect our privacy, and one of the people that they brought to that meeting was Ron because Ron is known in the state as probably one of the foremost authorities on data privacy. So if if data if you want to understand data privacy, we really have the authority in the state here. So Ron, it's awesome to have you. Yeah. Thank you. And and when it comes down to an expert on data privacy. I come at it from not from the point of view of the individual. I just take it from my personal thing, and it just ticks me off that they're giving away all my information. And so that's how I got involved in it, really. Yep. Well, we're glad you glad you are because uh, he, he is leading the fight right now, and uh, and we need him. And it should tick off all of our viewers too, and and you'll hear a little bit why today. You're going to understand why this matters. Why this matters. Uh, additionally, in the studio with us today, we have another doctor. Uh, Dr. Judith Zimmerman. Judy is a PhD in uh, speech pathology. She's worked three decades in the public health related to children with disabilities. Uh, she's been awarded multiple million dollar grants from the CDC. We won't judge you for that though. <laughs> <laughs> Research professor at the U of U for seven years. She was fired after reporting uh, research fraud. So thank you for, for that whistleblowing. Uh, she's prevailed in the state and federal courts on that whistleblower-related uh, whistleblower claims and awarded over $1 million. So thank you, Dr. Judy, for joining us. Thank you for having me here. She's a warrior. She sure is. It's, it's been a long battle, but one worth fighting. Yeah, and, and honestly, the whistleblowers are, I believe, the ones that are actually going to help expose not just things in the state. I mean, you look at what James O'Keefe is doing on the national level and people that are coming to him or things that he's exposing, the whistleblowers and investigative journalists are really are what's going to help preserve our freedom. It's, it's a hard sell when you report it because oftentimes the state turns a blind eye to what you report. Yeah, because they don't, they don't want to be implicated in some of this stuff. Yeah, so thank you for having me on to be able to tell my story and how it's impacting all of us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's never easy to tell the truth, especially when when you're going up against the state or against 
corporations that uh, have that are very powerful because they can make your life hell. And they did. <laughs> well, and, and and that's why we're thankful for you. And we do, Thank and, you. And uh, we always are honored to have people like you, both of you guys on our show, because if, if this uh, state had more people like the two of you, we would we would never be where we are. So thank you both for being here. Uh, what should we jump into it? Yeah, you bet. let's rock and roll. So Ron, talk to us about data. Why should people be concerned? What, what have you got for us here? Well, I think everybody knows that big data equals money, and it equals power, and it equals control. And the state has lots of our data, and we need to make sure that we control our information so we control us, not the state control our information so they can control us. So that's one of the real important things on this. And when when we talk about the state, when when we want to, the state holds a monopoly on certain things. If we want a driver's license in Utah, we have to get it from the state. If we want a birth certificate in Utah, we have to get it from the state. If we want to get voter to register to vote, we have to go to the state. We can't go to a private entity or something. So the state collects this information on us multiple ways. And, and we give it to them because we need that monopoly service. On the other hand, too, at the same time, the state uses its legislative authority and by coercion, in a sense, gathers even more of our data. So for example, every time you go to uh, a doctor or get a medical procedure and you file an insurance claim, the state gets a copy of your insurance claim with everything on it, including your name, your mother's maiden name, your social security number, and all that kind of thing, including the diagnostic code. So, and that goes into a state database, so they can go out and they can collect all this kind of sensitive information on us without us even knowing it. Isn't this a violation of HIPAA? No, apparently not. They get around it. They've, Judy, can you, uh, do you want to address that? Um, part of what I reported what I, was what I believed were HIPAA violations. Um, to do public health activities, um, there are some exemptions to collect that data but you're still responsible to follow HIPAA privacy laws as well as educational privacy laws under FERPA. Interesting. So there's all these workarounds. But there's workarounds, and then they share it, and they can find ways for health. They give it to academicians and others, and we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail later on. And and I I just want to interject real quick to to our audience and just kind of share this for something to think about is, you know, one of the things that the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, clearly to declares is the right to protect our private property mm-hmm. and the right to private property and that yeah, property belongs to us. Your data is your private property. I, I would right. argue that that belongs to you. That is sensitive information that that belongs to you. And I think we've become accustomed through Google, through Facebook, through all these, uh, you know, corporations out there that are just gathering data, gathering data and literally spying on us to use that data. Well, they're doing it for a reason that that data can be used to control people. It can be used to manipulate people. And the danger is when it gets to the government, what can they do with it? I mean, you cannot create a technocratic state or a social, uh, a social credit system like they have in China or truly have the uh, dictator type smart cities without them owning our data. And so the reason this is important is 
have you thought about what data the state already has? And that's what he's breaking into, which to me is, is very important that you think about this. And, and the, the, when you deal with the private sector, you have a choice of whether you, somewhat of a choice anymore, but you have a choice on right. whether you use Google, whether you go on Facebook. Yeah, you can shut Facebook you down. You can shut it down. The other thing is that differs the state from them. The state has all of this data and they concentrate it in massive databases. So all th every voter registr registered voter is in a database. That's two million people. The driver's license, you've got millions of people in that one database. And so they have all that information in these databases, whereas Google might have some of the information, but they don't have at all because we right. don't have to every one of us give that to them. So that's one of the other thing. And then what happens when this occurs, then you can have corruption. And later on, Dr. Zimmerman, Judy will talk about that, about how the data becomes so valuable that people are willing to lie, cheat, whatever, in order to get our information yeah. and to use it. Yeah, they say data is today's gold. You know, and maybe, you know, when we talk about our personal information, it's, it's there's about, everything about you is, is, is a data point. It's your address, it's your name, it's your place of birth, it's your social security number, it's your credit card number, and your DNA. And the state has all of these. The state, the state has your DNA. How in the world is that? I'll let Dr. Zimmer, Judy say um, that. When, when a child is born, um, they do... You could say when your child is born, basically, <laughs> right? When yep. your, your children are born, um, they, they undergo testing for metabolic <laughs> disorders, and they get, do a, get a blood sample, which the state stores for years and then has subsequently turned it over to others without your consent or knowledge. Okay. Well, and and, and <laughs> the state will tell you that they do get consent and people can opt out, but, but, <laughs> it's maybe what I'll say, but. And, and I'll take a step back for a moment. You know, when we went through the hacking that we went through, you know, it, it's very easy to, to think of these concepts of privacy and data mining as, you know, well, it's not relevant to me because, you know, I have two-factor authentication on my phone or something. But it's really shifted our, our perspective on just how important our privacy is and how vulnerable you are once this information becomes uh, public information or sold information because that could affect your bank accounts, that can affect your... And before even entering social credit score, this can affect your whole way of life uh, if your personal information is out there in the public domain. So think about the ripple effects public information now is becoming for your seemingly proprietary information. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about, well, you know, I have password protect on my phone or this couldn't possibly happen to me. This is very relevant to you. And I think it's very relevant right now as we begin legislative session, which just began. Um, and those of you that don't know, it's, it's a 45-day session that happens here in the state of Utah, one of the shorter uh, sessions in the country. And during that time, you have about 1,500 bills passed uh, or reviewed during that time, rather. And this is going to be a, a main theme of this year's session is privacy. So it's very relevant to you as viewers and also very relevant right now to our legislature as we look at these bills that affect our privacy, which, which Ron will get into a little bit later on. And maybe one other thing, just as kind of if we're going through it as an introduction almost to this issue. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, say, well, 
why are you so worried about this? Why do you even care? Because everybody has our privacy. It's all it's already all out there. Our data, you mean? Our data. Our data, I'm sorry. And it's not all out there really. I mean, it's in the state databases a lot of it, but it's dispersed and and the concern is that when the state has it, we're compiling it into one spot, and the state should not be then spreading it out all around us. And when I go, we already mentioned it, but when we go into a Google or someplace, we voluntarily do that. But the state can go out and collect our data without our even knowing it. So that's why it's so important that we focus on what the state is doing. We can plug this hole. There's a lot of other holes out there to be plugged, but let's take put a big plug in this big hole right now. And so that's where we're at. Yeah, and I think the reason this is so relevant is is the, is the state has gradually increased the amount of data there that they are mining from you over time. And there has been nobody to come in and, and actually be, bring this up for the most part as a real issue. There's no legislation, uh, that laws that, that are stopping them. And unless you stand up and say, wait a minute, this is an abuse of our rights. This is abuse of our, our right to private property for you just to be taking this information and spreading it here and spreading it there and, and taking this without our, our de- literally our children's DNA. This is the time to stop this because this stuff has slowly crept up and it has gone completely unchecked. That's right. And while we've been sitting back quietly, big interest, uh, everybody from LexisNexis, to uh, academic researchers are up on the Capitol Hill every session saying, you know what, you've got this database and we'd really like to have some access to it. And, and, and the legislators listen to them and then there will be a little carve out pop up in a bill or in, in the statute where they can give this. And actually, you know, you can go into Utah code and it allows government to share our records. And there's certain sections of code that say, that they can give our information out and it overrides our privacy if the value of the research is greater than or equal to the infringement upon personal privacy. Oh, jeez. And that's in state code right now. How, how do you even quantify something like that? That's in the, the administrative state. The administrator in that administrative state has the full power to decide if it's greater value than your privacy. So it's at their discretion. It's at their discretion. And a number of years ago, there was a bill up there to make sure that our driver's license information could be given to the University of Utah because there had been an audit conducted and they'd been giving it without the authority to give it. And I talked to uh, one of the senators and I said, this is really a bad bill because you're giving my information without even asking me. And he says, yes, but it's for the greater good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so so that's a lot of times how it's seen, and that's the argument you'll hear up on there. Just give us this information because it's for the greater good. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sounds like uh, communism all over again. Yeah. And, and recently the state conducted an audit, and the finding of that audit was that it said state agencies, current data collection and sharing practices – create data privacy risk. And they also said it has become clear that historically data privacy has not been a primary focus of some state entities. And some state entities collect personally identifiable information with minimal oversight. And so that's why this bill is needed along with 
another bill that will be coming forward. You know, and, and again, it's like the founding fathers talked about. If, if if men were angels, you'd have no need for government. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, things like this. And if our government were angels, you know, first off, I wouldn't even trust them still with, with my private data. Um, but when you see how we are getting so invested in, 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 with the United Nations, with World Economic Forum, and some of these global organizations, and literally with China, how can we not see, you know, the danger of, of them having access to your medical bills, what, what medications you're taking, I mean, where you're shopping. I mean, it's, it's, this is exactly information a tyrant would want. And, and that's exactly right. The Chinese are heavily invested in collecting all of, especially on the medical side. If they can get our DNA... They can tailor drugs to individual groups or in diseases and other things that target Americans, which some people will say, well, that's good. Mm. But on the other hand, you can also tailor diseases. Bio-warfare. To, uh, towards the proclivities of certain ethnic groups or right. minorities or, some, or individuals, Americans as opposed to Chinese. You can do that also. Do you guys remember when uh, they had the, the, it was like the first trans uh, person in the army. They were, I think they were, they, we found out they were a spy for, for uh, Russia. And you remember what, what, what the information they were feeding to Russia? Did you guys remember, remember this story? This was oh. about two years ago. Um, they were feeding the DNA. They were feeding DNA health information to, to health records and DNA to, to Russia. Tell me why Russia, you think, would be interested in the health record and the DNA of, of our troops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly that it would be a way for them to profile our people and their vulnerabilities and weaknesses and how, and how to counteract um, or develop a treat, uh, biowarfare to harm them based on their genetic profile. Yeah. Over the past three years, a spotlight has been shown on the Chinese Communist Party's bio-warfare program. And regardless of whether the COVID virus itself was a part of that program or not, the fact remains that the Chinese Communist Party has a large-scale and very viable bio-warfare program in place, of which the Wuhan lab was just a small component. And one of the most shocking things that we know they are developing is a biological weapon that can target and attack the DNA strands specific to certain racial groups. Now, obviously, that sounds very conspiratorial and something like out of a science fiction movie. But what's truly shocking about it is the fact that it's true. The Chinese Communist Party is indeed developing weapons that target specific race and ethnicity markers, which might, all of a sudden, make it a bit more clear as to why the Chinese Communist Party has been able to stitch together the largest collection of American DNA profiles in the world. Again, to our, to our listeners, I think most of our listeners get this is a bad, this is not good, but I appreciate, I mean, sometimes you need to break it down because not everyone understands, hey, why, is, why does it matter? So I appreciate that. What else? Do, what, right, and, and that's kind of on, on the outer edge maybe of things, but, and, and a lot of the other things are more day-to-day, just on credit histories or anything else, you know, I mean, it can do. Uh, maybe what I could do is just take a minute and just, um, and we'll throw a graph up, or a, a diagram up, showing how our information is, is spread around. Yeah, but, I'd love to see that. But when, uh, when uh, we need something, like I said, if somebody is born, we need a birth certificate. We have to get a driver's license. We have to get voter registration. 
we have health insurance claims. We have a cancer registry. If you have cancer, your name goes into a cancer registry. When you have vaccinations, that goes into a state database. Your education records are held by the state. And then when you die, finally, the state issues the death certificate. Now, all of those things go into, for example, the driver's license goes into the driver's license division. Well, what happens to that once it gets in the driver's license division? Well, the driver's license division gives it to the University of Utah and your full information. And they also give it to a thing called ERIC. Oh. And I don't know if you've heard about ERIC. Well, we've done shows on voting issues in the state, but why don't you, you break it down for yeah. some of our viewers? ERIC is a nonprofit organization. It was created by a number of states with Utah taking the lead. And it's designed, like all programs, the, the, uh, the purpose was good, in a sense. It was designed so that the states could send in data and then they'd compare that data and then they could clean the voter rolls. So in order to do that, we send in the entire uh, driver's license database with our social security numbers. But also then, when we vote register to vote, we give that to the lieutenant governor and they send our voter registration records complete with our social security numbers and everything into ERIC. So now ERIC has everything on us. And then once they get it, I actually send an email to the elections office asking them, what happens to this data once ERIC has it? Who have they shared it with? And their response was, you have to ask ERIC. So yeah. the, the state doesn't even know where it goes once it goes into this dark hole. We, we did a show on election integrity about two months ago, and I'd really encourage our listeners, if you've not watched it. Uh, or, or heard from Mark Cook himself. Or heard from Mark Cook. He goes through and, and breaks down every single way in America that they found serious abilities to cheat in elections. And he actually says ERIC is the number one, the easiest way uh, for, for, for fraud to happen. It's such a big problem that many states are pulling out of ERIC. In fact, most states are pulling out. But again, Utah is one of these states that was one of the first states, and we are literally in bed with these guys. And there's no accountability what they're doing with that information. So to me, that's that's a problem because one is unconstitutional. That that should be the county and the precinct holding that data, not some central you know national organization. And two, there's no accountability. You can't hold these guys accountable with all of this data. And and wasn't one of the issues with Eric the vulnerability of hacking into it? Um, and that was Dominion. Dominion. That was Dominion. Okay. Yeah. Well, still. But any time you get another database, and that's one of the problems, because when they take the driver's license database and give it to the University of Utah, now it's on another place. When they take that database and give it to Eric, so now a hacker's got three opportunities to hack into it. So he's got three chances to look around and see if anybody's got a vulnerability to get that information. Yeah. So what's the what's the reasoning, what's the rationale behind it going to the University of Utah? Uh, they use it in their uh, medical research primarily. They, uh, they use it to, uh, the driver's license information is used, the addresses are used so if for example, if I'm on the cancer registry, which they also get, so they can go to the cancer registry and I've had cancer, and they can say, okay, Ron had cancer, and they know what kind of cancer I had. And so if they're doing a study on that, they can contact me and say, would you like to be a part of the study? Well, the interesting thing is in the MOU that the driver's license division signed with the University of Utah, it specifies in there, if, if I would say, well, how did you get my address? 
they're prohibited from telling them that it came from the driver's license information. Really? Well, at least someone's protected here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, gov- the government. So, so let's go through this because this this is a, this incredible chart, and I look and I'm, I'm looking at the bottom and seeing, you know, some real concerns. But let's walk through this a little more. So we've covered the driver's license yeah. division. So when we register to vote, uh, th- that goes into the uh, lieutenant governor's website uh, database, and then sh- the lieutenant governor shares it with Eric, as we said. They also share our information with all of the political parties, the candidates, their fellow travelers, such as their consultants, their pollsters, or volunteers. So your information gets put out on, now it's electronically, on all their cell phones or wherever, them running around with it. And then it also goes to a thing called voterrecords.com, because for $1,050, I can buy the entire Utah database, voter database. And Voters.com then puts it on the website. And uh, so anybody that has not made their record private, I, we, I worked for years and we got a bill where we can make our voter records private so it's not sold out to these commercial companies. Yeah, which is also a problem too. This is a whole other issue, but we'll have to bring that on election integrity discussion. We'll, we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute, but I got the answer to that. Yeah. Okay, no. But anyway, so what you end up with, I've just put on the screen here, there's two uh, records from uh, voterrecords.com. One of them happens to be Jefferson Moss, who's running, the, and, and, and the other one's Kurt Collimore, and they're running a privacy bill this year that deals with process but not really stopping the sale of the, of, of the records. But if you go on there, so I can find Jefferson Moss. I can find it's got his address. It's got a map to his house. So all i got to do, if I want to dox him, if I want to track him down, now I've got that. I if should you're qualify there, this. We're not doxing anyone on <laughs> no, this show. No, Just but, politicians. But if somebody, if you're on there and somebody wants to dox you or SWAT you, they can go here and find your address with a map. It's got all your neighbors on it, and then it's got other people who are affiliated with you, like your spouse or any children or something in there. So, so and then when that goes go, out. Go to Eric. Oh, sorry, sorry. It goes to the world. Right. Because it's... And, just real quick, I'll tell you a story about that. Was I was in Baghdad uh, helping run the humanitarian response. When, or I was the team leader for our humanitarian response when we were driving out ISIS. And um, ISIS came out and said, we got American military here in Iraq. Go find their families and kill them in the United States, you know. Wow. And, and I'm sitting by one of my uh, colleagues who's military, and I said, are you worried about this? And he said, no. I said, where are you from? He said, Arizona. I went into voterrecords.com, three clicks. I said, you live in Phoenix. Here's an address to your home, and here's your wife. Wow. So an, a, a, an ISIS guy sitting in a hot spot in Mosul with bombs falling around him could actually have found that his, his address if he had his name. So voterrecords.com is not specifically a threat for Utah. It's wherever these are publicly available and then sold for the $1,050 that... Well, be- Right. It, for $1,050, they buy the records, and then they just post them to the Internet. And so once it's on there, your information's available to anybody, any place in the world, even an ISIS guy sitting at a hotspot in Mosul. What did you have on Eric? I saw some information on Eric pop up on the um, slides. I think we covered a lot of that. Yeah, we covered that. Uh, I, I just asked him... Uh, these are some of the questions I asked the lieutenant governor's office. I asked him, have they... Did they get our approval before sending it to them? 
And they said all personal identifiable information that is shared with Eric is hashed locally before sending it to Eric. They didn't say, no, we didn't get your permission. They just yeah. said it's hashed. And and then I asked and, them. And this is something people need to be putting a, put a fuss up and get rid of Eric. And, and I asked him also if the uh, state chief information officer or even the state auditor has ever looked at Eric's databases. And the answer was no. Yeah. So once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. We, you should be calling your reps about getting rid of Eric. I mean, I mean, most red states have already dumped it. This is one of those things, Utah, again, where do we rank choice voting, all the air, all the universal melon voting, every opportunity for fraud. We've got it. Okay? And, and I am pretty sure that it's uh, Representative Lisenby has a bill on Eric this session. Yeah, well. I, I'm sorry I don't have the number, but, and, and Representative Lisenby has been really great on privacy issues. She, when the driver's license information came out, I worked with her, we passed a bill that you can opt out of having your driver's license information sent to the University of Utah. That's a good start. But, but you have to opt out. Why shouldn't it right. be private by default and opt it in? It should be, absolutely. And, and she worked on the, the voter information privacy bill, which I know you have a, some information that's concerned with, but the point is we can't have that information base used to share that information all over the world. Right. Let's go back to that uh, flow chart because we've discussed driver's license, we've discussed voter registration and yeah. some of the elections. So, so then if you take the birth certificates, the health insurance claims, the cancer registry, vaccination, some education records and the death certificates, they all flow into the health department. And, and the health department, uh, I'm gonna ask Judy, would you just tell us about the information that they have, how much information they have in there? Millions of millions of records. So for example, the autism registry that I was over, we had three quarters of a million records in that data set that someone came in and just copied and shared um, without going through the proper procedures or protocols. Why is that a concern? Why should our listeners be worried about that? Um, multiple reasons. Um, we're talking about vulnerable children with major health issues that could be targeted for all sorts of reasons, including their safety. Um, it raises property interests, concerns. Who, who owns your children's data? Do you as the parent own the children's data? Or does the government own their data? Um, there's a potential for discrimination there's the potential for data manipulation. Um, there's all sorts of reasons why it's, I find you, it quite terrifying. Yeah, I find it terrifying too. And, and especially again, think about the world we live in with like where we're moving towards red flag laws, mm -hmm. uh, where you know all of a sudden, hey, now the government has access to your health records and oh, this person's not safe to have a gun. I mean, uh, you just think of, of where, of, of the potential dangers, a slippery slope, I mean, Remember, I know in uh, we're, we obviously we're out of Florida and, and uh, we spent a lot of time around the country. And you want to share about the uh, the medical marijuana card, the, the feedback we got on that. That was fascinating. The conversation that we had with someone in uh, Nevada, Nevada, in yeah. Nevada. Sure, we were having a few conversations with business owners in Nevada who I believe had a family um, member or relative that had a legitimate health issue with anxiety, and they received a uh, a medical marijuana card. 
for for medical re- for legitimate medical reasons and they they stated their concerns and this is several years ago when recreational and medical marijuana became mainstream uh and they said you know i have issues myself but my concern is if i were to get a, a medical marijuana card i'm then in a database uh with potentially mental instability flags and then i might not be able to own a gun so it's like pick your poison would you rather have something to help you with a, a medical issue or would you rather have your rights taken away because you're deemed unstable or not able to to care for yourself and therefore not able to own a firearm and and i'm also looking at your chart here so from the health department where's that information going well it's flowing to the university of utah it flows into federal agencies and it flows into other contractors and researchers and then when you start talking academic researchers who knows how many that's going to so it's being spread far and wide and again they never come to you and say would you like to be part of that study and they will argue, well, we de-identify the data. They, they don't know who you are. Well, with AI, if I got two data points on you, I can quickly identify who you are. So the point is, they sh- why don't they come and ask us if they can give our information out? And, and I, it sounds a little bit flippant maybe, but if the University of Utah researchers are using my information, I mean, I'm one out of millions of data points maybe they're using, but if they're using my information and they're doing it, academic researchers are making their career on it, their salaries are based on, or or it pays their salaries, and if they come up with a billion dollar product, I don't get a penny of that, and that's my property that they've used to help do that. So I should at least have some say in whether they have my data. And, And just one other thing I'll mention, they also get, coming back to when you said, you know, you're worried about person with anxiety, well, now that's on the record. So if red flag law, I've got their health insurance, I know they've got an anxiety problem or something like that because the diagnostics code's there. And then I also get, they also include the prescription records so they know what prescriptions you're on. And they also get your dental records just in case they wanna know what, what your teeth are doing. But all that combined together it, it's for the greater good. Yeah, it just goes back to the technocratic authorian state. And even more concerning, about a year ago, um, I sent in a record request to the state records committee to see if the health department would tell me who they shared my personal identifiable data with. And went through multiple levels of appeals, and the bottom line was, in the end, the health department had no idea where my identifiable data had gone, who had gotten it, and what data elements were shared. And, and you know what's horrifying? You mentioned it briefly, Dr. Ron, about AI. And you know this is horrifying enough as it is just that this information is going who knows where. But then the emergence of AI, once you plug AI into the internet, you know, those millions of records, which might be a needle in a haystack for for the layman's eye, for AI, if they want to find or categorize certain people, they can do that in 30 seconds or less. So that opens up a whole other risk once you have AI sifting through or having access to this data. Um, I saw an example uh, with AI, I think it might have been Morgan Philpot that talked about this, where uh, they they 
told AI to go out and, and make some money in the stock market mm-hmm. and uh, create bank accounts and things like that. And, uh, you know, in order to prove you're human, you have to bypass certain levels of authentication online. And the AI was able to bypass it by outsourcing a human to do some uh, approval or authentication. So then they were able to not only set up a bank account, they could potentially do it as a real live human, and then procure money and make money uh, just by, you know, a quick prompt online. You know, and that's something just a fun example, but you can use that for way more nefarious means once you plug this information into the internet into such an extensive database. I mean, the right to privacy is like a fundamental right. The right to, to, to have your private property protected and the right to privacy is our fundamental God-given rights. Those are given to us by God. And the one role of the Constitution is to protect our God-given rights from its one other people, but of more than anything, the state. And what do we do when the state now has is completely trampling those? And that's and this is again when, why we do this show is the Constitution is it, it was set up to protect us from the state, to protect us from from their biggest fear was the state becoming out of control. It was less they were less concerned about squabbling back and forth of we the people and more concerned about the state turning into a tyrannical government like every government has in the history of this world. And I think we're, this is an example of our state completely abusing the, the Constitution. And, and they will not reign in themselves. The only way the state will reign, be reigned in is if the people stand up and demand it, demand accountability. So I appreciate you guys coming in and sharing this stuff. Yeah, and, and when you think about it, but technology has fundamentally changed everything because when I was a kid growing up, back way, way, way back when, uh, if I wanted a copy of my birth certificate, they might have given me a photostat, which was a kind of a negative. Uh, it was white print on black paper. And I had to go to the county health department or I'd go to the state and send a letter in and they'd mail it to me. So I had one copy. If I wanted to make a copy of that, I couldn't even make a copy. Then we got photocopy machines, so you could start doing that. Now we've moved into technology where they can give if everybody's birth certificate to the University of Utah. And just DNA. By, just by going bink on a, on a and, switch. And DNA. And, and so, in a way, the legislators haven't... They've been derelict in their duty. Let's put it that way. They've been derelict in their duty. It's, it's not something that they've deliberately done. Technologies outrun them. And then they've allowed other people to come in. And once that could be done, come in and say, well, please just give us a little bit of information. And they've gone along with that. So now it's time to put the stop to that. Yes. And that's where we're at now. we got to stop this. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's another way to think about that is you've gone from not being able to replicate a birth certificate per se to now not only do you put it in the Xerox machine and make a copy, but it literally sends it out to the every administration or governmental authority that could potentially have it. So it's just 10x our vulnerability with our private data. Exactly. And I just, there's Utah population database at the University of Utah where a lot of this is collected. And if you look at it, they've got our birth certificates, 990,000 of them, they got our marriage certificates and our divorce records. 
they've got fetal death reports. They've got the Utah birth net, uh, defect network records, all of our health insurance claims. And if you look at all payers claims database, there's 830 million records in that. Uh, they have the driver's licenses, the voter registration records, and they even have the family history records from the LDS churches giving them the family history records. Are you records. kidding me? No. Um, correct. The, the LDS church has turned over the family pedigrees to the University of Utah, and the University of Utah then links people by families, and then they profile families for certain medical conditions and other types of health issues. So, and aren't they partnered also with Ancestry.com? I believe so. Yes. So, what could go wrong with this? And and again, it's. I, it's I, I, I want to hear that. What what could go wrong? Why why I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, I I go down the road to forced medical treatment, or if certain families have. Certain children with certain types of disabilities that they will target them some way somehow, whether it's discrimination or forced medical treatment. And and what's interesting is, well, you know, Jason chooses not to do an ancestry DNA sample because he wants to protect his private privacy. But let's say his dad or his brother does, then you're automatically then no longer private by extension of these family pedigree charts. Exactly, because you share DNA with other family members, which makes you identifiable, whether you participated in that or not. Yeah, and, and all right, I'll, I'll leave it, because I didn't comment on that, but I've, I've got enough comments. You only hear all my comments. <laughs> no, exactly, and when, when Judy brought up the fact that it could uh, course medical care or something like that, uh, during the COVID uh, epidemic, pandemic, uh, I, I was online, I just found a form here, the vaccine uh, data sharing, data use and sharing agreement to support the United States government COVID-19 response. And under this agreement that they, they collected vaccination information about people and the reason for it was, as they said, is to uh, monitor the COVID vaccine uptake. In other words, to determine how many people were getting it. And then it says that uh, it was to further the federal government's response efforts, HHS and CDC seek to obtain and utilize these data for various immunization and vaccine data sources. So once they were collecting the data at that time, now they never totally got to forced people coming to your home and forcing you to take the COVID vaccine. But they're collecting the database that they would know who had the vaccine and who didn't have it. Yeah. And, and that was, so that's where information also flows from the health department into, uh, into uh, CDC and other agencies. Yeah, and, and again, Utah is one of the states pioneering I hate it's not the pioneering is not the right word because it's so progressive, but who is pushing digital ID. And when you have digital ID where the government has basically, have you been vaccinated? Have, is this person, I mean, you, you think about all the data they have. It's just, this, this has got to be stopped. 
You know, it's funny. I, I see a lot of the comments we have online, especially on our social media, when we report stuff like this, and, and they accuse us of fear mongering, and you know, a few do. Well, I'm saying the opposing view. Yeah. You know, this isn't meant to scare you. This is just meant to make you aware. You're not supposed to go and say, well, now I'm never going to go to a hospital again. I'm never going to get treatment. I'm never going to do X, Y, Z. This is to make you aware because the more that we are aware about this, the more we can stop it, whether it's through legislature or from things like you said, Ron, we never got to the point where we had vaccine databases. We could have easily, but there were people that were standing up. There were actually groups, advocacy groups, speaking up and letting people know last, last, last two legislative sessions and they stopped bills and got bills in that was able to stop some of these things. So we're, we're not here to scare you. We're actually, I think there's a lot of hope with this because the more we can educate and make people aware, the more we can either shut down this from happening or conversely, you know, create some layer of protection. Yeah, and, and I would, that's exactly right. We're not saying this is, We've got to lock it all down. Nobody can ever have access no, to it. Nobody can. We've got to get control over it, and we've got to put the control back in our hands. Yes, I want cancer research. Yes, I want developments of medical practices that are going to save lives. But you can't just come out and take my information or your information without at least asking us, and then there have to be safeguards put in place on what is done with that information. We have to know what's done with it. And we have to ensure that it's not used for purposes that are less than benign. Yeah. This is just common sense. It's not a right issue or a left issue. This is a humanity issue. This is just what's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I think, Judy, you would agree, wouldn't you, that we're not here to say we should take stop this totally we just need to figure out how we control it and put the hands back in the person whose whose identifiable information is being used to help control that and for me it's an issue of my freedom to choose that that government shouldn't have the ability to forcibly take my private information and use it as they see fit but that each of us should be able to choose if we want to participate in research or not participate in research. Or have our data sold off to corporations. And to whom? Right. Right. Well said. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about that. I, wouldn't, I want to see what we had there, the potential harm. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of this, a potential harm of data sharing. Well, you can have physical harm. If, uh, if I decide to SWAT somebody... I've got their address from their voter records. I can send uh, the police to their home at night uh, on, a, on a phony 911 call, and which is very dangerous because the police think there's a real incident. They come ready to react, and then that puts the person at, in danger. So there's physical harm that can come from this. There's reputational harm. Uh, if I know the autism database, for example. They have the children's education records. They have everything in that, as I understand. And if somebody gets access to that, and that child can be targeted, that child for the rest of his life, he can be targeted with what information's in there. 
And uh, we've talked about um, trafficking, SRA issues, and the rise of pedophilia in this country. And you realize just how much, I mean, we could protect ourselves, but we should be thinking about all of the different avenues that can happen with our children's information being out there for those predators that are sick online. people who want it, yeah. Judy, do you want to talk about psychological harm? I was actually jumped down to free speech protections. Okay. Um, as a public employee... Um, I assumed I would have the free speech protection to ask questions to government officials about my concerns regarding privacy. But what ended up happening was a top attorney at the university said to me, if you keep asking these questions, we're going to fire you. Um, and there was such a concerted effort by multiple state agencies to tamp down any dialogue regarding privacy issues or research findings. You had to do what the government told you or you wouldn't be able to keep your job. And so that's where I go with some of this is our speech is really being curtailed in multiple ways by privacy issues. So, and this is part of your story. Right? I mean, this is how you were eventually fired. Is this correct? That's correct. So, yeah. I don't know if this is the right spot to hear, but I would like to hear, I hope, I would like to hear your yep. story. Is that all right? If you, yeah. Would you mind sharing that? Because it is very related here. Right. So, so like I said earlier, I was, had received some grants from the CDC to look at autism prevalence. And we had been doing that for 10 years. There were strict criteria in how the data was to be held private, it couldn't be shared, it couldn't be released. Um, and at some point in time, I had reason to believe that the chairman of the psychiatry department and two other researchers had come in without my knowledge and copied almost a million records with identifiers and were sharing them. And explain what identifiers are. So it had the children's <coughs> name, their address, their parents' names, what medical conditions they had, siblings, things, what kind of educational scores they'd got on testing, their educational classifications in special ed. It was very identifiable, highly, highly sensitive because it contained health and education records. Wow. Um, so I went to everybody I could think of. I went to the head of research. I went to the head of, I went to the president of the university. I went to the police. I went to the attorneys. I went to the head of the health department. And not one person helped me. They wouldn't tell me whether or not the data had even been shared. Wow. And um, in addition, there were errors in the data we were correcting. They stopped my whole grant team from correcting the errors. Uh, they put their name on the research as if they were the, the principal investigators, so they who lied. Is, who is they? They uh, was the chairman of psychiatry and two faculty members in the Department of Psychiatry at the U. Um, the police, they filed a false police report against me. The police came for me. They locked me out of my office. They took over all my research um, and, and basically wouldn't 
Not one person would help me figure out if contracts had been violated, had the data been copied and shared, and where it went, and was it legal or not legal. It all got covered up. Do you feel like this stuff happens, this, is, this happens more than what you saw there? Unfortunately, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm still shocked at, that this would happen um, in this situation because the contracts were clear, the guidelines were clear, the CDC knew, um, and it took multiple agencies, multiple attorneys, multiple departments within the university to make it happen. How is it that when you call, when you notify the police, the police instead, instead of helping you turn against you? So, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, who are they working for? I mean, what's... Um, I went to the Department of Public Safety to tell them I didn't know where the data was and I'm over it. They wouldn't help me find where the data was. Do you think they were collaborating with the university or something? Or do you think there yes. was collaboration going on? Yes. And then the chairman went and filed a police report against me, making false claims against me. Wow. So they tried to destroy you, basically, for Bas calling them out. Yes. Basically, they tried to destroy me. But you uh, prevailed. And, and, well, and they, and they so would have destroyed somebody that wasn't as strong as Judy because she <laughs> is just will not give in to them. But it has but really impacted her, and it's unfair how it's impacted her. Tell us how it's impacted you. I guess where, where I've gone with it is that what it's done to the research about autism because and what it's done to families with children with autism or other disabilities in that the government will say to your face or have a contract and say we will not share this data we will not do this that we will keep it confidential that meant nothing and and i think families deserve to know that their information was shared despite what they're told they need to be I mean, made aware that their data was shared without their consent. I, and then one more thing. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm, very in, I'm very interested. I don't think, I think this deserves some time. I think um, what was even more disturbing is that the university knew there were major errors in the data that the person who copied the data had made, and we were in the process of correcting the data. And... They stopped the correction of the errors, and then the University of Utah, in collaboration with the CDC, published the data with the errors and made false statements about what was really happening with autism. So basically, their message was autism rates have plateaued um, and not increased when, in fact, all the data we had collected to that point had showed, you know, massive increases study year after study year, and that data was no exception. And they just took out the data they didn't like Jeez. and then lied. So outside Which, of the privacy issues, it's, it's uh, suppression of, yes. of information, yes. very relevant information. Yes, and the narrative now is that autism, you know, it's just better diagnosis. You know, and this, it, to me, I look at the medical industrial complex. We saw the power of it during COVID. We've seen right. the power of these, these people, these, manu these uh, um, 
vaccine makers and, and all the studies they do. How much can you trust the studies when you see what they're doing at the University of Utah with the data? I no longer trust the CDC or the science. The science. That, how much are we commanded to worship the science? We're asked to when trust what the we science. know is that the science that, and your data, everything is going to the University of Utah, and and we know that when they're manipulating our data and selling it off and doing whatever criminal activity they're doing with it, they're covering each other's tracks. And if a whistleblower comes out, they'll try to destroy her. Exactly, and and they take away your protections for free speech. How so? so? So let's say um, you believe that autism was massively increasing and that you believed it was something from environmental factors because you don't see such changes in a population unless it's at some environmental trigger. And they don't want the public to know that because they don't want them to know what environmental factors could be contributing to that i.e. vaccines. i.e. vaccines. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to Utah. Well, this is this is not a Utah specific. No, but so so I want to know personally, so how did how did they how did this personally affect you when you went in and, and you well, you're trying to do the right thing, you go into your office and you're you, the police are there. Tell us what happened and tell us how this what the cost was to you for standing up for what is right. Um, it basically destroyed a 37-year career in public health and research. I was blackballed. I couldn't finish the research that I was in the progress of completing, um, which, which was heartbreaking to me because we were doing some really groundbreaking research. And, and uh, to have the lies continue that autism isn't increasing is, I can't even find the right words for it. Um, Devasta it, it's a crime against people and children that they are covering this up. And, and I would point out, Judy's being very nice to keep herself out of it. Why, why don't you tear this? I, I, and I can't, people need to I understand. can't speak for her, but think when your whole life has been turned upside down and the psychological and the emotional and the trauma that goes along with that, that impacts everything you do. It impacts your relationships with others. You've now lost your, your, your job. You've now lost everything you've worked for for 37 years. So there's got to be an emotional and a psychological and, and an impact. And I give Judy is just great because she's strong and she's fought through it and she won't let them get her down. I was going to say something, but and, and she won't let them get you her down. You can say it. I was going to say she won't let the bastards get them down. And... And she's done that, but it's been a great emotional and, and just cost to her for years that she's fought these battles. She's had to go into court and, and confront the people that did this. The, they even lied to the court. They even, the, the lie to the court was so egregious that the judge stopped the trial and found in her favor and said to the jury, just figure the penalty. And that's, and that's, that's the kind of thing that she's had to go through. That's what you expect in the Soviet Union. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add a few things about my experience in court. Um, I assumed that the process would be somewhat fair from the Utah Attorney General's office, but it... it Sean ended, Reyes. Well, this was prior to. Um, Sean Reyes was actually over... Um, was, I've been in court for 10 years, 
So I've gone through six attorney generals and multiple, been in the Supreme Court. So it's mostly been under Sean Reyes's tenure. Um, but but the, we, you try to get evidence. They say they don't have it. They withhold it. It's impossible to get. Um, we knew there was a contract with that the health department and the university came up with that they thought would justify taping, copying all the data, so they tried to cover it all up. We believe the contract was forged and hired a forensic expert, asked for an original copy of the contract. For years, they said it didn't exist. There was no original. And 10 years later, it shows up in the middle of trial. So we had no opportunity to prove that the people involved had gone to such great lengths to cover up the corruption and privacy violations by manufacturing this forged contract. And how sad is it we have a state and an attorney general that instead of protecting the individual, protects the state? Well, and Is that correct? The priority seems to be for this administration that they are more concerned about protecting the agencies than the public. Yeah, the establishment. Yeah. And, and uh, there's, a, there's a problem with the way the attorney general's office is set up, actually. And, and I think it's going to continue with any attorney general that's in there because the attorney general's office is the state's law firm. Mm -hmm. So when, and the University of Utah is a state entity. So when somebody starts raising questions about the University of Utah, the Attorney General's office's responsibility is towards the entity, not to the individual. So the university has their own lawyers going against the individual. The Attorney General's office comes in because that's their charter to defend the university, and the the whistleblower or the individual out there is left totally on their own. And so it's, it's something that needs to be changed. And Judy and I have written a couple of op-eds we're trying to get published, but uh, saying, look, maybe what we need in the attorney general's office is an office of inspector general. Mm. So that, yes, we understand that there's this relationship, but the office of inspector general would give somebody like Judy an opportunity to go to them and have them intervene on her behalf with them. So uh, it, it's, it's part of a structural problem, too, I think. Well, that goes well beyond a conflict of interest because it's then no longer protecting the individual. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm furious. It, it, and that's the way it's – is that right, Judy? Is that how it's set up? It opinion? is set up that way. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm furious. That is the one role that is stated to protect the individual. They, they work for us. Right. They work for us. And when, and when the individual stands up against tyranny and corruption in the government and the, and, the, and the government collaborates together to destroy the life of the individual, what the hell is our, our what, the, what are we supposed to do about that? Yeah. And the media won't help. The, the law enforcement doesn't help. And, this, and people, why do you guys do this? At, at, the, at great cost, we do this. Because I'm sick and tired of, of, of where our country's headed and, and our local governments are doing this. And in Utah, this is more the standard than, than not. And the fact of the matter is nobody is stepping up for this. Nobody is, is coming out. To, and everyone's hoping that, you know, the next president, the next governor. The fact of the matter is it's on you guys. It's on us to stand up for each other. And 
this is one of the reasons we actually have someone, a, a mother and a, of, a, of a family whose husband was arrested for just being at the Capitol January 6th. He didn't even go inside the building who's been arrested, who's in jail right now, who, were, who is coming to Utah to talk on our show in a couple of weeks. Because again, the government has, has turned from the one role they have is to protect our God-given enable rights to protect us from what should be other criminals, other people, but the, now it's who's, they, are the, they are the ones, they are the threat. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just this is, people have well, got to wake up and stand up for each other. And I think it actually, to the judge's credit, at least the judge saw through this. So you if actually- After 10 years of destroying your life and paying attorney fees, Yes, it was it was a long ordeal um, to do that, and, but I was very pleased with the judge. And we're st- things have still not been finalized, unfortunately, and it's the saga still continues. And um, the AG's office never looked into whether that contract was forged or not, and never will. They will never probably look into the people I reported for crimes. I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is what we know about. You, you think about how many cases and instances may have n- never even been reported or fought against for what, whether it was monetary reasons or because they just did not, were not equipped with the ability to stand up for themselves. You know, and if, if, that, if that is one of our viewers or if that's someone that, that you know, you know, their stories need to get out there and too. I'll, and I'll tell you, Sean Reyes is, 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 is dirty. There's so much dirt on him that if people... Look under that, and the fact matters he's stepping down because they're all at war with each other, which is a great thing. But there, but we need a good attorney general. That is, you people have got to pay attention, and we have got to get in the fight and find good people, and do, and not just hope they'll do their do what's right, but we have to be involved. And it's not enough just to vote for them because they have an R next to their name either. Yes, yes, as we know from John Curtis, who Democrat his whole life. Oh, hey, the seat opens up for Congress. I know I need to be a Republican to win. Today I'm a Republican and all my values. Meanwhile, he's pushing all the liberal, uh, green New Deal garbage down everyone's throat and and playing the World Economic Forum's puppet. All right, let's go to solutions before I get ticked off here any further. I would add just one thing. I think we have to take this issue of privacy and our privacy rights to everybody running this, to our state legislators and to the national candidates and to the attorney general. This should be a campaign issue, too. We need to protect our privacy. We need to protect our people. And we need government to stand up and come down on the side of the people, not on the side of more government. Of the establishment. Of the establishment or the government agencies. And, and so that's something important. The solution for this legislative term is uh, Judy Weeks Rohner, who is a warrior. Phenomenal. And uh, she has agreed and she, we, a bill has been drafted and it will be released in the next day or two. And what it does, it tries to say that anything the state collects on us is private by default and that it can only be used for the purpose it was collected for unless they come and get our information, our permission to share it. So for example, if we get a driver's license, the driver's license division can use it to issue a driver's license. Period. And there is a thing, one little carve out in there that says if there's an emergency or law enforcement or somebody, they can access that with proper procedures, but they can only use it for the driver's license. If I get voter registration, they shouldn't be selling that to uh, voterrecords.com. 
So that would put that in there. And then it would allow, if they wanted to, they could ask you, would you like your information given to the University of Utah? Yeah. You'd say yes. Hell no. After we've seen <laughs> what they do with it. Right. But you could say, yes, I'd like to have that go there or to an academic researcher for this study. If I've had cancer, they come and ask me if I would like to be part of their study or would like to have that my information given to somebody conducting a study so they can conduct contact. Me. It's almost like our information has become the new cadaver. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, well said. I like it. <laughs> it is. So anyway, that's basically the bill. You collect the information. It's used for the purpose collected. If you want to take it, share it, sell it, or otherwise use it, come back and ask us. And But until you get our signed approval, you can't be handing it out. I love it. Alexia, we're, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, any final thoughts you got, baby? Oh, I have a, I have a lot. Yeah, I mean, go, go. I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, me too. Part of my language, but... Um, That's nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, first I wanted to ask Ron. I mean, Judy Judy Roner's bill is is seemingly a great safeguard if we can even get it passed. It's I mean, the only one that that's being that's on privacy that I think is actually solid. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it is. The other one's a needed bill, the one that they're talking about bringing out, and I'm not sure what's in it. I've seen some some PowerPoints on it and things, and it looks like it focuses with process. They'll identify what data have. They'll be able to tell us what data they have on us, but it won't stop any of the sharing of our data. So that's why this And it potentially centralizes the data even more. Is that correct? It'll centralize the knowledge of where the data is located. Yeah, which I think would be even worse. And, and we'll try to give calls to action. I mean, this is going to be a game of whack-a-mole this session. You know, the good ones, the bad ones, when we need to show up and actually talk in support of a bill or, or conversely to shut ones down. Um, so stay tuned for any calls to action on some of our social medias. We'll try to post that. But sometimes we're on happens, Telegram. Or Telegram. If you go to our actually. Telegram, that's where we do the calls to action for legislative. But sometimes what happens is you'll have a great bill. You know, if Judy's bill can get through and they'll change a certain word from may to shall or something like that, and it will take away the meaning of it completely. And we're not expecting you to know the difference. We have a great research team who, who tries to dig into this and, and make it actionable. Um, but as we're talking about this, I, I was thinking about Benjamin Franklin's quote about those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little bit temporary safety and and I think in this case, maybe even add safety and asterisk it with uh, a little bit of convenience, deserve neither no liberty nor safety. And I think that's the, the age that we're living in right now. People think, oh, you know, I'm going to go and get my driver's license or I'm going to have a baby in the hospital and, you know, they need to take blood. You know, no big deal. What's the big deal? But I think we need to have a bit of a paradigm shift with, with our information. Our information is gold. Our private information is a constitutional right to have. And if we give that up for safety, convenience, whatever it might be, we're giving up a lot more than than just, you know, where my where I live. Because I mean there's a lot of crazy people in the world and many of them are in office. So we don't <laughs> we don't No, it attracts it attracts you know, it attracts the worst type of people. Absolutely. Power. So think about that next time you're in the hospital, next time you're giving up information online. You see sometimes all these fishing games online that seem light. You know, what street did you grow up in and what's your favorite color? I mean, people are looking for private information in, in all different ways. And sometimes it's something, you know, 
light, like a, a social media fishing game. And sometimes it's going to the driver's license or going to the hospital. Your information is gold and you should treat it that way. Yeah. I just uh, want to thank Ron, Judith, you guys for, for coming out, for spending the years you have invested in this fight, invested in, in this topic and for sharing this with our listeners and our listeners, I hope you'll have a deep sense of gratitude for both these two doctors, uh, especially Judith, for what she's been through. Um, again, I think of Alexander Schultz and it's, you know, people who, when they stand up against the state, the state, when the state tries to take them down for sharing the truth, you're in, we're in trouble. And I would just, you know, tell our listeners, uh, going off what Alexia said, you know, you go to Utah airports. Again, it's Utah airports, not any other state where they're forcing, you know, trying to force the biometrics. You can opt out. You can opt out with your kids. You know, you, you are not, we are not children of the state. The state is our employee. And we need to remember when it comes down to whether it's having the right to vaccinate your children, whether having whatever, you have the ability to opt out and we need more people to stand up to these people. Um, I'm furious about what they've done to Judith. Um, And just, just remind you, there is no one coming on a great white horse in D.C. to save you. You know, it, it's, it's, it is we the people. It is you have a God-given responsibility to protect your children, to protect yourself, to protect your family and your, and your neighborhoods from tyranny, at whatever that looks like. And I just ask, please start sending up. Send a letter. If every single one watching this would send a letter to your state rep and say, we want Judy Roner's bill put on the floor and we want it passed I'm going to tell you, you have, good, you have some good reps who, who will stand up and do that. You're going to have some that are going to fight you because they know darn well that they're owned by some of these companies that want the data. But if we can get enough of the good ones to stand with us and get this bill passed, that would be huge. It would shut down. It would throw a cog in the World Economic Forum and the cog in, the, in, the, in their digital ID. It would throw a cog in everything they want to do because everything they want to do with digital dollar is tied to them owning your data. And a and surveillance if, state, And too. the surveillance state. They, none of it works with this bill. So if, if there is one bill, if there is one bill in the entire legislative session that I think matters more than anything else, it is this. And I'll tell you right now, it's not even a real bill yet, even though Judy's trying to get it pushed because again, they are going to try to stop it from getting on, getting the floor. So you have a God given responsibility. Your kids are going to ask, how did we end up in this tyrannical state? How did it all happen? What we, and you're going to have a choice to say, you know what? I, I did my part. I called my rep, I wrote my rep, I shared the information, I did my job. And that's all God can ask. It's all, you know, and that's, and that's all that matters. So um, please share this with your friends. This is no theory. This is not a right versus left. This is about the state versus the people. And when the state gets out of control, we as, as whether, I don't care what party we're in, we've got to stand up and rein it in. So God bless you both for, for what you've been through and for standing strong, Judith, especially you. It's an honor to be here with you. And I pray one day when my life's over, I'll have, I, I will have earned the right to, you know, fought the way you did and stand strong the way you did. So God bless you. And thank you for being an example to all of our listeners. And um, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Let's, 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 let's get after it. and Let's make a difference for our kids. God bless you guys. God bless America and God bless Utah.